Hey everyone, hope your walk is going great, hope your drive is going great. Welcome to the episode of Life of Wheels, where we cover business, travel, lifestyle and fitness. And today on the show we have Ben and Bernadette. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having us on. You're welcome, you're welcome. So um, just to give the audience or listeners a background, just uh, Ben, if you want to start off, just give us a background of... of since you were born, where you yep. brought up and etc. the life till now. Yeah, yeah. so originally I uh, was born and raised in Tasmania. Um, I had an extensive background in, in multiple sports, uh, in particular AFL football, which sort of led me into the world of fitness and um, then led me down the path of wanting to become a personal trainer and helping other people achieve their goals of being fit and healthy. Um, Although opportunities were very sort of scarce in Tasmania, it led me up to the Gold Coast where I worked at a personal training studio under the guidance of yourself mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and then I eventually made my way down to, to Melbourne where I've continued on personal training and now I'm actually managing a, a gymnasium down there in, in Paran in Melbourne. Um, and also I've now taken up boxing as my, as my hobby and my sport. Yeah, awesome, and we'll dive more into the, the fitness side of things with your new boxing career and mm-hmm. etc. And what about you, Bernadette? Um, grew up in Melbourne. Um, my parents split when I was really little. Um, I just had a really weird childhood growing up. The only person I really had to rely on was my sister. Um, so my mum left when I was 15, had a really strained relationship with my father um, and really got into fitness probably when I was about 17 as a sort of an escape, um, it was just something for me, it made me feel strong, made me feel like I could protect myself, um, worked in the fitness industry, so I did my whole PT course, worked in the fitness industry for a few years, a few gyms, really, really enjoyed it, but just couldn't hack the hours, um, ended up getting a nine to five office job, um, but still really into, you know, weightlifting and training, um, last year decided to start competing in bodybuilding, um, did really well, um, won my open bikini in state championships last September um, and then went on to become the amateur national champion um, and then received my pro card, went to Bali, competed as a pro and came second in the world. Fantastic. What a journey that has been. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So let's dive straight into then um, just about business. Uh, so for both years, I know you're sort of starting to look into that career and, and stuff like that but Ben if you want to start maybe just like the whole PT business side of things like where, what you've done with that and you know the changes even over a short period of time the changes in the fitness industry about building a business from one-on-one PTs to small group training yep absolutely so obviously been in the industry as a trainer now for about five years um and I think the biggest realisation and still for, for many trainers coming out of that course is what it actually takes to be a successful one-on-one personal trainer is a lot more than meets the eye. I think yeah. obviously initially trainers get very excited and passionate about, about training people and helping them achieve their goals um, but don't actually understand what it takes to build a successful business, um, the amount of hours you have to put in to programming, to lifestyle coaching, to... Um, all the behind the scenes stuff that isn't so pretty and glamorous. Um, so I, I had a had a bit of a crack at, at doing that and was reasonably successful at it for a year, but with the one-on-one training, it's just so unstable financially. 
Um, there's no holiday pay. There's no sort of job security. If your clients go away on holiday, see you later. There's there's a big portion of your income that goes. So mm-hmm. I sort of realized pretty quickly that it's not going to be a long-term game as much as I love the training and helping people. Um, so that's why I sort of wanted to step up into the managing side of it and now coaching other trainers um, and making them aware of the mistakes um, that I made early on so they don't follow the same same footsteps yeah. um, and realise that now, yeah, group training sort of the future financially. It's a lot more stable, um, but now also leading, looking in more of the, the business management side of things as well and what it actually takes to run a gymnasium as well as the personal training side of it. Um, so I'm enjoying that a lot more. I've still got a good balance between taking some sessions on the side because I love the hands-on part of the fitness industry, yeah. um, but I know long-term... Um, you can't do it forever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just making a bit more use, better use of my time and, and going down the path of sort of gym management at the moment. Yep. Yeah. And so, B, you started the, the resistance bands. Do you want to tell the audience sort of where that journey started yeah. from? And I know it's pretty fresh, but... So, I've been using um, resistance bands, like, for travel. I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. I would go to, like, somewhere in Southeast Asia, probably average twice a year. Um, generally for extended periods of time, so over three weeks, sometimes up to six weeks, Um, and obviously loving the gym and loving working out, but gyms aren't that great, let's Mm -hmm. be honest, um, in third world countries. So the bands I've always loved, I've used them for years. When I went backpacking through Southeast Asia for six months, literally all I used was bands um, and managed to like stay really fit Mm. um, and keep my physique in pretty good shape during that time. Um, use them for pumping up pre-competition, um, activation, all that sort of stuff. Use them in my workouts pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, yeah, that's where B-Fit Bands has come from. Yeah, so what's it called? B-Fit Bands. B-Fit Bands. Yeah, yeah. and so are they sort of tubes with handles or... Yeah, so um, we're, we're still sort of testing out and making sure that we're really happy with the quality of the bands that we've sourced. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's three booty bands or mini bands, if you like, loop bands. Um, and then there will also be a set of three of the tubes with handles, door anchor, um, ankle straps as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so have you guys like launched a website yet or anything like that or how are you marketing? Not as yet. We're still testing because yeah. we want to be really happy. You know, the things that we use ourselves, we don't want to just put our name on something that just to sell it, sure. it's not about that. It's about actually helping people um, see how they can train, how they can work out while anywhere, basically. Yeah. Um, so anywhere, anytime. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are. And you, if you're traveling, you can take these lightweight bands with you. Mm. And the whole the whole idea yeah. sort of originated for us when we're on a on a boat cruise in the Indonesian Ocean, mm-hmm. um, and obviously both um, loving the fitness lifestyle and love to train not just physically but sort of the mental aspect the release you get when you work out and just that feeling so after sort of three days on this boat we're sort of both sort of itching to get a workout in and um all of a sudden I just turn around and B's doing a workout on this boat in the middle of nowhere with these bands (laughs) and um the people that were traveling with were really impressed and were quite motivated that B was able to still train and hit every body part and although we understand you're not going to get the same benefits as if you had a fully equipped gym yeah it's better than nothing totally um so we understand there's so many people in that same boat that are traveling whether it be they're in airports all the time you can yeah. still train yeah so um we, we fully understand that a gymnasium is going to be better suited for most people but 
a lot of people don't have the money, the time, um, and the freedom to be able to go to a fully Mm -hmm. equipped gym, and this gives them the ability to be able to still hit their body, hit every muscle group, and Mm -hmm. still get that feeling of training and and looking after themselves. So that's sort of how the the B-Fit band sort of came about. Yeah, cool. Mm. That's awesome. Well... I'm looking forward to seeing the journey continue mm. until you launch it and obviously let me know because I'd love to to get some myself and then, yeah, just help you guys, you know, take it to a, to another level of marketing, etc. So, mm. obviously, let's dive into the fitness side of things since we sort of closed that book on the business when it came to the idea of that idea of launching the resistance bands and stuff um, because of fitness. So, obviously... Like, let's give the audience of what your biz, uh, your fitness background of what you've done. Obviously, being you started playing AFL, yep. Um, and and Bernadette, you've dived into you know full on comps for your first time, which and done really really well. So let's talk more about that. Being like you started mm-hmm. off with your fitness journey. Yep. So as a young kid, played just about every sport under the sun: tennis, soccer, basketball, you name it. I had a go at it. Um, gymnastics, trampolining tried everything mm-hmm. um and then football sort of really stuck for me I had a sort of a long family history in in playing football um was reasonably reasonably successful at it played senior football at the age of 16 with men um represented my state in in football um and then unfortunately well not unfortunately because i uh, got into the industry of personal training which didn't really enable me to be able to continue to train yeah the hours I wanted to train, play on the weekends as well. So I had to sort of sacrifice one thing to pick up the other. So football um, took a back seat for my personal training business to, to sort of flourish. Um, so that was all right, but I sort of still had that competitive edge to want to compete in some form of sport. I mm-hmm. had a crack at sort of the bodybuilding lifestyle for quite some time, got reasonably strong and put on the muscle but it didn't fulfill me as much as a sporting yeah. event and club did. Um, and I was sort of in a bit of a crossroads, like, what do I want to do? And I was just thinking about sports that could fit into my lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and just stumbled across boxing. One of my good friends, she was going to a, a boxing class mm-hmm. with a trainer and said, do you want to come? Yeah. I actually just ran a boot camp and she was in it. She goes, I'm going to boxing now. Yeah. Do you want to come? And I'm like, all right, yeah. sweet. So I, I doubled a little bit with boxing when I was about 14, for football fitness right so i had the basics down pat and i was like all right sweet and um went to this boxing session and i just straight away as soon as i put the gloves on i was like this is for me yeah right i just loved it um super unfit super (laughs) um unmobile from years of weight training but i just loved the feeling yeah i missed that sort of cardiovascular high heart rate feeling that i used to get from football yeah and that was it and then started to lose a bit of weight and start to um get a good understanding of how the sport worked and pick up the skill and I sort of said and I said to my coach what would it look like if I did a fight if I had a fight yeah and I could tell at the time he was a bit like you know you haven't been doing it long enough yeah. and was a bit hesitant but I was like I'm not scared of losing I just want to see what it's like yeah, to yeah. get in the ring and just you know face your fears in a way I think you know every every male has that little bit of testosterone in them that you know that would like to sort of jump in a ring and push themselves yeah um so I was like, let's just let's go for it. So I think over about three months, I dropped 12 kilos. Shit. Um, everything was sort of, didn't go in my favor in the lead up to the fight. I was in Sydney doing a Charles Poliquin five-day yep. training course 
in the week leading up to my fight, oh, really? which probably wasn't <laughs> ideal. So I was sleeping on the floor in a lilo bed in a second cousin's yeah. house of mine because I couldn't afford accommodation. Yeah. And just training at a gym in King's Cross, trying to just eat as minimal as possible and then you know doing an extensive course nine to five in a gym all day, which yeah. is probably one of the hardest um, training courses I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and trying to keep on top of my training um, 36 hours before the fight I was 1.7 kilos above weight starting to really freak out yeah. so I just didn't eat yeah. for a day and a half cut out water um, everything that sort of went wrong sort of did go wrong in the lead up to it um, had to get my bloods done at some random doctor in the middle of nowhere in Sydney it was just all, a bit, it's all a bit stressful so before each fight you have to get bloods done HIV checks and stuff like that oh, right, to make okay. sure Huh. you're all clear to train so you have to get a medical yeah. check and yeah, cleared right. and all this sort of stuff but only specific doctors do it for sports oh, okay. a lot of people don't want to know about wow. boxing boxing uh, medical so you had to find a special guy to go no to um, so I did that <laughs> got there managed to make weight um, got in the ring and I had a like a magenta mouth guard and you know that had red ones and they stopped the fight I was the last fight of the day I got in the ring after it getting through everything, stepping through every hurdle and they said, no, nah, sorry, you're not going to be able to fight because your colour of your mouth guard was wrong. Why was that? It was magenta. So you're not supposed to have red because then they won't be able to see if you've got blood in your mouth. Wow. It's just a rule they have. Okay. And um, they stopped the fight, canned it, and then luckily my coach was like, come on, mate, like we, yeah. we'd already spoken to you guys about this and then they let it go ahead. So everything sort of put me in the wrong mindset yeah. of yeah, leading yeah, yeah. into the fight. Um, but with a big crowd there and the adrenaline going, managed to get the win and um, yeah, it was still one of the best feelings to this date yeah. after knowing everything I had to go through to mm-hmm. get to push to that moment. Um, also, first time competing in a solo sport. Yeah, you know, there's no one, no one to hide behind. There's mm-hmm. just you and your opponent in the ring. It's yeah. a very uh, raw, sort of surreal feeling. Yeah, and um, managed to get the win and yeah, it was amazing to be able to get through all that and and get the win and then last weekend just gone just got back in the ring again and brought home the second win so yeah. this one was a bit more smooth sailing a bit yeah. more prepared and so where do you want to go off this do you want to take it to a professional level or yeah i've been asked this question a numerous amount of times yeah. and um I, I don't think i right now have the time and mental space to take it to a professional level mm-hmm. you know i think you know professionals training every other day yeah you know i've got a full-time job so mm-hmm. I would love to. Yeah. I'd love to be Floyd Mayweather and fifty and O and <laughs> yeah. be the champion of the world, of course. It'd be silly if I didn't if I didn't want to do that. But um different priorities now. Like yeah. when, if you asked me that four or five years ago, it would have been yep, yeah, all sure. for it. But there's other things in life now. Mm-hmm. So I'll take it as far as I can and do it because I enjoy it. Yeah. For and I'll keep getting back in the ring until I, I don't yeah, we'll right. see how it goes. Awesome, mm. awesome. And and B, what about yourself? Fitness background for you? Yeah, my fitness background, so I did actually did my full diploma of fitness, so two years full-time um, at Vic Uni, straight out of high school. Um, where did I work? Where did I start working? I worked in so many small little gyms, yeah. ran classes, like butts and guts was my thing, like the, <laughs> you know, like the booty and abs. Typical. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> um, and then I ended up at Fernwood for a, a couple of years and I really loved it there. It was a good, the Fernwood. That's I was just a woman's only gym, right? Yeah, it yeah. was good. And I'm all about 
like empowering females Mm -hmm. and females being in the gym Mm because it's still like you will still find some gyms where it's not commonplace for a female to be in there lifting weights. Um, and that's always been me. I was saying yeah. to you the other last night, mm-hmm. like I'm always that girl when I started a new gym, I'm like, I've got my, you know, resting bitch face on because I'm just, <laughs> I want everybody to know I'm there to train. I'm not there to be hit on. I'm not there to be bothered yeah. um, or, you know, just to take selfies for Instagram or whatever. I'm there to actually train. So yeah. um, I sort of let it known, <laughs> yeah. let it be known that that's what I'm there for. Um, so yeah, I started my fitness journey. It would have been a good 10 years ago. Mm-hmm more than 10 years ago now, so probably 11 years ago, I started lifting weights, just started off like how everybody does, you know, just yeah. get in the gym and sort of just get on all the equipment, yeah. not know what you're doing, figure it, it out. <laughs> um, and then really, yeah, really just started, started to love like lifting weights mm-hmm. and I've always loved it and it's just stayed there mm-hmm. um, through whatever I've been going through in my personal life. Like that has always just been something stable. Yeah. Um, something that like it's it's me time I always train on my own like yeah. I will train here and there with friends mm-hmm. but I do generally train on my own and I like it that yeah, way cool. um you know it's it's yeah it's my me time anyway I always wanted to compete had always thought about competing um I didn't have a lot of supportive people around me um when I was like when I started getting interested in it I think it was probably like maybe like six or seven years ago Mm -hmm. like bikini like the bikini division of bodybuilding started to become real big um you had like a bikini division at olympia and whatever and i was really into that was really following it but just didn't have the support didn't know i I wouldn't even know like where to start to be honest um and then yeah just sort of fell to like the back of my mind i suppose um for a good few years met a girlfriend um in my current gym who who said to me, one of the first things she said to me was, do you compete? I said, no. And she said, why not? You look like you compete. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Why don't I compete? And I was like, yeah, why don't I? Like, I'm yeah. going to do that. Yeah, cool. Um, so I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And like, when I decide that I'm going to do do something, like I won't half-ass it. Like, yeah. if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it sure. properly. Um, so I did. I went into a 12-week prep. Um, and yeah, just loved it loved prepping to compete like the the discipline that it takes I think people think it's just you know training and eating and whatever it's not it's it's a lot mental yeah. um and I like like I really really enjoyed that aspect of it just mm-hmm. knowing that I was doing something that most people can't do they yeah. can't get through mm-hmm. you know they'll they just I don't know for whatever reason they just don't have that mental strength to get through a 12 week prep of this is what you need to eat. Yep. You need to weigh every last, you know, bit of your food, um, eat at certain times, train this way, you know, learn your posing, um, you know, get your body sorted out by my therapist, go to the sauna, like yeah. everything that comes with it, like do your water load and all that yeah. sort of crazy stuff that we do in the lead up um, to a comp. And I just loved it. And the first time I got on stage was like, I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I got out there, it was just like quiet. Yeah, right. I just loved it. That's cool. And so that was last, so your very first competition that you did, tell us the story of that. Very first competition, unfortunately, Ben wasn't there. He had prior plans. Um, Ben. Oh, God. I was, yeah, (laughs) I was, I was like a nervous wreck. Yeah. But I was prepared, you know, I had my, had my tan on, my dark tan on, (laughs) hair and makeup done, because bikini, obviously, it's not just about like, you you know, you um muscle size and shape and all that sort of thing it's a lot the whole package Mm -hmm. so they look at your skin tone they look at how you present yourself on stage your hair your makeup um the way that you walk the way that you smile like every last detail comes into it so um 
but yeah, just just killed it. Just loved yeah. it. Just loved the stage. Um, and you took just, away first place. First place in my um, in my class. So I took out uh, first place bikini first timer, um, and then open division short. Okay. Um, I went up against um, the other two open division winners, so medium and tall. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously didn't win that. Didn't win the overall. Just took out my open, which I was really grateful for because it did mean that. I didn't win my pro card that show. Yeah. Um, so it meant that three weeks after I could compete at an amateur level at nationals, mm-hmm. um, which ended up really great. Cause then I did take out, I took out bikini, um, bikini novice, bikini open, and then the bikini overall. So oh, right. I mean, the tall girls scared me, but yeah. <laughs> cause it's like, Oh shit, these girls are real tall. I'm yeah, going to look like right. a midget. I'm going to look really small. I'm not going to look like I have any muscle, but apparently being short worked in my favor. Um, Where was that competition? What city? That was in Melbourne. Melbourne. At the um, fitness expo. Oh, right. Okay. Um, last October. Yeah, right. Um, so they, yeah, they handed me my pro card when I took out overall. Um, and I won a little bit of money to help me go and compete in Indonesia for Worlds. Yeah, so that was the next big hurdle was Worlds in Yeah, that was Bali. only two weeks later. So wow. by this stage, you can imagine like just how like my body was just depleted of like <laughs> just everything. Yeah. I was tired, but like I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, and I love Bali. So yeah, and being in Bali, um, that was awesome. So yeah, yeah and that's, that's it. Awesome. Now, I've, now I'm in my off season. Um <clears throat> which I'm loving yep. <laughs> before I have to go into prep again, um, come July, um, where I'll, I'll, um, make my WBFF debut in October. That's cool. And that's on the Gold Coast. That's on the <clears throat> Gold Coast on the 13th of October. Fantastic. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Awesome. So guys, lifestyle, what's like, what's the lifestyle that maybe you're not living at the moment that you want to live? Or is it the lifestyle that you love to live that you're living now? Like, tell us more about what, What's your perfect sort of day look like or what's the lifestyle that you guys want to live? Um, I'd definitely say we have a, a pretty good lifestyle at the moment. Yeah. We live in one of the best cities in the world, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we're very grateful and blessed for that. Um, but I think like any sort of motivated couple, we always strive for more and want, and, want, and want more out of our lives. So I think going forward to be able to create a lifestyle, a sort of a freedom lifestyle that's more on our own terms, to be able to wake up and plan and create our own day would obviously be ideal um i think when we go on holiday we we get to we get to do that i think in a perfect lifestyle i'd like to get up do some yoga go for a walk get our training out of the way um and then focus on you know both of us are very passionate about helping other people Mm -hmm. improve their lives through health and fitness and the knowledge that we both have so i think down the track um you know as you know online is where to go where you can help the most amount of people so Mm -hmm. i think we're looking at some form of online business to be able to coach people through whether it be bodybuilding boxing um general health and fitness and well-being yeah um so that we can sort of live a live a life more on our terms Mm -hmm. um we don't want to live a lavish lifestyle we're not very materialistic people but to be able to wake up and be like let's do this today yeah um i think would be the dream for both of us yeah i'd like Uh, to have more time to train yeah. Like yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah. More time. More, more, yeah, more yoga, more meditation. Yeah. Um, you know, walks just outside. Mm-hmm. A little bit more time for, for ourselves. And we both still, we both are really driven and hardworking people. And that will still always be there. But a little bit more time to do the things that we want to do yeah. on our terms and when we want to do them, mm-hmm. I think would be the dream going forward. 
Um, so that's what we're working towards and striving for at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And the travel side of things, obviously, you guys are interested in traveling. Yeah, we love we love to travel. We had our had a trip to Bali at the end of last year, which was just breathtaking. Saw some incredible sights. Um, obviously, just got back from Byron Bay. Yeah. Done a couple of trips to Tasmania, um, and then we're off to Thailand again in four weeks' time. So with our uh, bands. With our with our bands. <laughs> yeah. So we can work out anywhere, anytime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, off to Thailand again. We go to a place called Chelong, which is a a really special place um, for myself and also one of my best mates who recently proposed to his fiance mm-hmm. in Chelong, right. um, based off my recommendation, Ooh. which is pretty sort of a special place for us now. Um, and that's where the main strip where basically if you're into fitness, you go there. Oh, right. Okay. So if you haven't heard of or been to Chelong, it's just a big strip, probably two kilometer road, two kilometers long, just one road full of anything a fitness guy could want gyms crossfit boxing muay thai massage float tanks tattoos massage yoga (laughs) yeah right (laughs) anything a fitness healthy food cafes yeah literally all on one strip okay it's it's an incredible part of the world to go and train and i went there by myself for a week um not that long ago and just loved it just everyone from all walks of life from all different countries all there for one reason (laughs) And that's to train and be fit and be healthy, whether you're a professional fighter or a beginner trying to lose weight. Yeah. I met I met a, a group of American guys who are all, you know, really overweight. They've just decided they're going to spend um, a month in Thailand and just get wow. fit. So it was really cool to see that. And then you've got some of the best world-class fighters in the world. Right, Training okay. all under one roof. It's a really, really cool environment. So... Interesting, I want to check that out. Yeah, man, definitely. Like, it's not just for fighters. Everyone thinks it's just Muay Thai. It's everybody. Yeah. It's, you know, personal training, weights, CrossFit, you name it, that's there. Yeah. Um, And the facilities are amazing and great trainers, great people, and, yeah, highly recommend it. So we'll be spending seven nights there training and um, traveling. Yeah, Yeah. cool. So we always try and base our holidays around our lifestyle as well and knowing we can sort of get some training in and... If we can't, we got the bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, what other countries or places around the world do you want to travel to and see? Um, what do you reckon? I love Asia. Yeah, be a big fan of Asia, so I think Vietnam. But we yeah. talks of South America yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done I've done Europe, a lot of Europe. Um, that was really good. I wouldn't mind going back there and doing sort of like the Greek islands and those sort of summery places. Mm-hmm. love going to places that are like up and coming, you know, places where like only a few tourists know about it. And yep. if you have a friend, like that's where you've heard about it from. It's mm-hmm. not sort of all over social media yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still really, really beautiful. We just, um, we went to a place called Flores, um, the Komodo National Park in Indonesia. Um you, you sort of hop off from Labuan Bajo, this, this dusty little cute town. Yeah. Um, and it's just a real up and coming, you know, there's, there's only a few hotels and there's only a few people. We were on a boat with just these open air cabins, you yeah. know, with like, how many cabins were there? Four cabins. And it's just stunning, stunning. Like not that many people know about it, but you can, you're still well looked after like as a tourist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's cheap and it's just beautiful. And you're seeing a part of the world that not many people outside of, that area and you know having grown up there or whatever have seen right just real sort of up and coming places before they're before they unfortunately get you know a bit too busy a bit too, yeah 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 <laughs> so um 
like why why travel like what what excites you about traveling just the experiences and i think the appreciation for for how other people live and seeing the other other parts of the world and Mm -hmm. Um, living in such a beautiful country like Australia, you tend to forget how good you've got it. Yeah, always forget. Yeah. So you know, obviously, going to Southeast Asia, it's a it's a culture shock. Yeah. You know, and how the other other part of the world live, um, and yeah, it's just a big eye opener. And for me, when we're we're in Florist and just seeing little kids running around these dusty streets with rats running around and yep. kicking tin cans and, and just no shoes on, no shoes on, <laughs> and just happy as Larry because they don't know any better. And here we are sitting back, you know, we're here getting upset because we didn't get enough likes on Instagram. It yeah. just puts things into perspective. Yeah. So I think the experiences, the memories and appreciation that yeah. I've um, discovered on my on my travel is why I want to continue doing it. Just yeah, makes cool. you really, yeah, it really grounds you, mm-hmm. makes you really grateful for what you have back home. And it's just, yeah, it's, I mean, we've got this whole world why would you just want to stay in one place and not see any of it? See yeah. how other people live, see their culture, you know, um, everything from the food that they eat to what their their day-to-day you know, yeah. activities look mm-hmm. like. Um, just talking to locals is like one of the best parts of traveling. Yeah. And just just hearing about what their what their days are like, what, you know, and so different, isn't it? Yeah, I think one mm-hmm. of the best things is be you know as ability about it yeah actually sort of try and connect with some of the locals when you're there you know yeah. just speaking to our captain on our boat yeah. and just realizing that the wage that he makes um in a month is just enough to pay his rent for his family yeah. and feed for that's it but mm-hmm. he was There's, so happy with it but he was yeah. stoked with that he's mm-hmm. able to he was actually saying that he's able to provide his family in a nicer part of this island which yeah. for us would be the slums mm-hmm. to put his family through that um, and then he said, if I, if I do get some tips, that enables me to buy some chocolate for my kids. Mm-hmm. If, if you, if we can get some tips Yeah. and you know, to spare it and for him to sit there and smile and be like, I'm doing well. Yeah. It's just like, wow. I think it was 120 bucks a month he made. Yeah. That covers his rent. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, wow. Yeah. I, I, it's, I similar things, you know, like when Fatima and I went on the cruise ship, we met Filipinos that are working 11 hours, 11 months of the year. Yeah. Um, they don't see their family and they go back and see their family for a month. When yeah. I was in Dubai last year, Bauman was from Egypt and he went back, same thing, works 11 months yeah. of the 12, um, went back to his family and like they're at their next door neighbor's place and they found this like bomb. Yeah. Right. And so that was it. So now he flies his family over to Dubai to have the holiday because he's too scared yeah. of his own country and stuff, what's yeah. going on in his local area. So like just to think of that, that people are working 11 months of the year yeah. just to get by and yeah. only see their family and wife or husband for one month. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's the benefits of traveling is exactly. to hear these amazing human stories that, yeah. yeah, I mean, we are very grateful and lucky to be in a place where, you know, we can put a roof over our head, yeah. have a car and yeah. eat food and yeah. and enjoy life. So, um, yeah, Absolutely. I think that's, that's a good point for listeners is, you yeah. know, it's one of the benefits of traveling is just local environments and, and different ways that cultures and, and families live and yeah. struggles and... Yep. they can still be happy absolutely. You know, so. absolutely awesome guys well thank you so much for being on the podcast and uh, appreciate your time thanks yeah. for having us thanks for having us you're welcome